You're listening to One on One with DP. Brought to you by Beatrice Bakery. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You know, I, I think we got to completely let it rip. Um, so a little bit of that is coaches. Um, we got to be ready for the first drive. First drive matters. It particularly mattered in that game. We, you know, we uh, went three and out, and they took seven minutes off the clock and went and scored. Um, but we just watched the whole team game with the offense. Um, first play, we made a, a wrong read. Second play, uh, had a guy open, and protection wasn't great, and just missed it. And third play, um, had a guy open again. Corner fell down on a dig route, and we probably threw it a little too quick and didn't make the play. Um, and then you punt to them, and they go seven minutes, and it's seven nothing. Um, so th- that's kind of what I'm talking about. When the play's there, we got to make it. We got to be a little better in protection. We got to make the right read, and um, it's little details here and there. We're, we're executing on a lot of stuff, um, making a lot of plays, getting a lot of yards. When it really matters, uh, we haven't gotten it done enough. So much of that was Scott Frost earlier today. Uh, he listened to one-on-one. Uh, here's some of what we take from that. Uh, one, letting it rip is, is a statement of confidence in your knowledge and ability to execute. So knowledge of what, what you see, knowledge of what you see, so you no matter what they line up in, you have an answer for. Then your ability to execute it. So you're going to attack a thing that you feel like they are weak at. Or you're simply running plays to see how they respond to it. That's not what Scott Frost just said. Scott Frost just said that they knew what they wanted to do. They just didn't execute it well. And letting it rip means being comfortable in what you're being asked to do and your confidence in your ability to do it. There is no fear when you know I repeat that. There cannot be. <laughs> there is no fear when you know. Like when you line up and you understand what you see and what you see is something that you've seen before. And then your reaction to what you see is, well, I understand what I need to do against this. If I'm going to run a hitch here, if I'm going to run run a slant pattern here, to know where in space, when there's going to be green, where there's going to be turf open, right? Will I be able to identify whether it's a zone or man-to-man and whether I can get into that space? Sometimes the motion before the play will tell a receiver what defense or coverage uh, he's he's going up against. And then once you know, oh, well, if, if somebody goes in motion and they're running with them, in that space, they're probably in man coverage. If the safeties don't move, then it, it could be man coverage under uh, cover and the safeties in zone covering half the field, third the field, whatever whatever it is based on the numbers that are left over. So there's knowledge in that. Lining up with an idea about what we want to do. So in this right eye, I need to be seven strides. I'm going to break them down and come back uh one step to, to to get my numbers and my eyes back to the QB, and then I'll take another one back to the ball just so that I beat the defender to it and there's no contest at the point of you receiving the ball. Being sure 
that when you see the motion that you look, you've had your eyes in the right place and you saw that the motion pulled somebody or didn't pull them. Okay. Rules apply. If I'm being chased, keep running. You're in man. Run away from man coverage. If you're running a route and you're not being chased, stop. Stay. It's a zone. If nobody's chasing you, it's a zone. So sit in your space, be in place and on time for your quarterback. Then on the backside, and and, and Scott talked about um, <laughs> that they threw it a little too quick. Well, this is where line play jumps into effect and pass pressure. Because during normal weeks against same competition, right, against defend, defensing line, defend, defensive lines that they're familiar with who rush the same way on a particular play, there are certain windows that open during practice, and those are the windows that Adrian is hoping are clean and that he can throw to to be on time and in place for that route against that defense. And on the third down play, Adrian, like the right, the receiver understood the, the coverage. Uh, he got into his route. Uh, he, he got even, so he was leaving. And then Adrian stepped up to throw, but there in the window there was a large defensive hand in the window, which batted down the ball. Now, sometimes Adrian can step into a different window to make said throw if he's not under pressure. If he's under pressure, Adrian will try to do the right thing on time and hope that it ends up well. But sometimes it doesn't because that window's not clean or a linebacker didn't do his job and mistakenly stood in, in the way of the route. Sometimes Adrian has a linebacker who's deep enough in the window for him to throw through the window, but he's got to change the trajectory on the ball to get it over that defender. Third down, first drive, linebacker gets into the window, gets his hands up. Adrian has to elevate the throw. It's a little too high, a little bit higher than the receiver expected because that's not what they had done or known during the, the practice week. If the lineman moves that defender, you know, six inches, that's a first down throw. If you don't, Adrian steps up, throws it, and a hand gets up and away. There are a million things that can go right there, a million things that can go wrong. But here's what they should be talking about. I heard today that Scott Frost said that uh, they are one play away from success. Let me offer a different thing, that they are a million little details away. Because it's never the same thing, and it's never the same person. So the details en masse, the, det the things that you coach to every player, and the rule of coaching is if I'm coaching one, I'm coaching you all. If I'm co coaching one offensive lineman, I'm coaching you all. If I'm coaching the center – the guard better be paying attention because he better know what the center's doing. The center has to pay attention to what, what we're talking about with the tackle because he's going to be calling blocking schemes for that tackle, and he better know what the tackle's going through. Same for tight ends. Tight ends have to know what guards are doing because sometimes guards pull in their space. Sometimes the guard will occupy a blocker that would normally be a tight end, and if they can get there on time and in place, then the tight end can get up to the next level. False start, motion, uh, illegal in the backfield, uh, legal lineman downfield, uh, holding calls, all of those things. 
are a, 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 an accumulation of small details that have big impact. And this team has to fix a lot of the little things in order for the big things to, to matter and go right. But those are fixable. Those are things that you can do in high volume, high repetition on a regular basis. Look, if we run offensive plays and you run 60 offensive plays of practice, you're grading out and you understand whether those in those 60 plays, line coaches have to make sure that the linemen are playing at Saturday level, not at Tuesday level. Have officials in play that will tell players. You can't do that on Saturday. And the best way to tell them that they can't do they can't hold a certain way on Saturday is for it to be corrected on t- Monday and Tuesday. Defensively, it's a lot of little things. I mean, understanding that Look, especially against certain teams, linemen staying, staying, stay, staying flat across the defensive line, across the defensive line of scrimmage, and not being turned, is it's vital and it's important. And you can't shortcut in practice and then sh- not think that you can shortcut in games. Well, I can turn against this guy because nobody's going to catch me and it'll be fine. But if you do that on Saturday and you turn your shoulders, guess what? Minnesota runs up and down the field on a key third and third and short. If you simply do your job, do your job, everybody has to do your job and everybody has to be holding to the mission. Everybody has to do their job so that the entire mission works. Football is a weird sport that if you have 11 players on the field doing a thing and if one of them does it wrong, it can shut down the entire thing. So you have to be loyal to the in-game purpose, you have to be loyal to what you're going to do that play, and then you're going to be loyal to what you were taught as your responsibility. Right? Like, that's crazy. And it's a bunch of little things. Linebacker fits. It may seem convenient to shoot through and try to make the big play and and, and be able to fist pump and, and raise your elbow, but would wouldn't it matter more if you did your job be- – well on a base level so that somebody else can make the play and you get off the field. And if you take a chance and you only make a play one out of three plays, that's two first downs and an extended drive. On defense, not holding true to the mission costs you, and it cost them Saturday. It cost them against Michigan. It cost them against Michigan State. It, it costs you when you aren't loyal to the task that you were given the responsibility for. From the text line, Ben says, DP, I wonder if Bill Moose wasn't the person who failed this football program the most. Uh, well, Scott is ultimately responsible for the performance of the team. A young guy moving in such a high-pressure situation requires positive mentorship and guidance. That means being able to have a boss look his subordinate in the eye and make a read on whether he is not – on whether or not he's doing okay or what he is doing is okay. I think Bill Moose abdicated that duty. I'm – Ultimately, uh, a lot of people failed, Scott Forrest, including himself. And I think he would say that. And it wasn't failed purposefully, right? So don't get mad and saying, well, they failed. No, they had opportunities to do the right thing for everybody involved. And you got to pay attention that maybe his Bill Moose's priority wasn't correcting Scott Frost. It was running the business. I don't know. You guys could probably tell me better on that or not. 
Ultimately, the athletic director is also responsible for the football program and its record. So, through that, whoever was in charge did not do a good enough job. Doesn't mean they didn't try, just means that the result was they did not do a good enough job. Ed, from the text line, of course they're one play away. Thank you, Captain Obvious Frost. When you lose 10,000 games by less than a touchdown, of course, you're only one play away, but we all know it's a bunch of baloney. Ed, I just think that what I wish – what I wish is that we got transparency on why some decisions are made, and coaches don't want to always explain to you or justify to you why they chose what they chose. But – to the fan base, you can't say, I want the fan base to understand what's going on and then not tell them. Right? We're not asking you to throw people on the bus. We're asking you as a head coach to tell us what's there or as an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Oh, that's fine, Danny. Like, If you don't want to tell, you don't want to tell. But then you accept the consequences of not telling and not sharing information. As a program head, I would want to have people know what's going on in my program, in my voice. Because I should know it better than they do. And I don't want people to speculate about whether I care about my players or I know what to do in this situation or that I can be successful in that situation. And ultimately as well, the coach is responsible. The grown-up in the room is responsible for the results of everything that happened on their watch. Finally from Joe Plummer. I'm about to turn on my radio, and if Nick is karaoke when I do, I swear to um, – no, Nick will not be karaoke today. But I'll say this so that you, got, you listeners understand. The more you tell me – you tell me we can't do a thing, I'm probably going to do it. That's all. So, Joe, are you asking me to have Nick do karaoke? Because that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> we'll throw it to break. <laughs> More one-on-one when we come back. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You're listening to One-on-One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 